You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Everyone, Paul Apostolakis, Salvatore Cusmano, Brad Weisgerber. We are inside real estate. Today's show is super special, in my opinion. We've got a really special guest, uh, Kali Sweeney. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How about yourself? Good, man. Kali uh, started a uh, a program, a youth program in Detroit. So we're going to get into that. We've got Brian View here. How are you, sir? Doing you've been, well. You've been on the show before. Yes. I don't know why we invited you back. I don't either. You, don't you guys either. have the best. You guys have the best names in finance. You think I mean, so? I can't pronounce any of them, but they're they Paul. Paul. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Paul yeah, I, guess I guess you're right. It is funny. A lot, a lot of consonants and vowels, right? So, Kali uh, is a much cooler name than Paul Paslakis. Hundred percent. So yeah. So today's show is is a little bit different. I mean, obviously we're a real estate show, and we we talk about business a lot. Uh, and Kali, actually, I want to, I don't want to spend a lot of time on your story because everybody kind of knows. I mean, you've been, I mean, he's been on CNN. He's been, uh, nominated for a lot of different things. You've had a lot of interviews already, but just real quick, like, I want the audience to have like the abridged version of like your story real quick. I know it's a long one, but just as quick as you can get through it. Quick as I can get through it. Um, I quit my job one day, decided to do something that I really thought, um, that I, that my heart was in. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel like just working for a paycheck. I, I quit and I said, I want to start helping the people in the community. I want to start doing something that I wish somebody would do for me. Yeah. I started a youth program and 13 years later, here we are. It's been 13 years, man. Yeah. That's wow. wild. That's wild. So just so everyone understands this, this gym program, it's, it's a boxing gym, but really it's way more than boxing, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have, um, you know, um, reading intervention, math intervention, uh, computer classes, uh, computer coding classes. Uh, yeah, man. You know, a lot of different stuff going on, a lot of mentorship uh, things and enrichment programming going on. So, yeah, your whole thing is books before boxing, right? That's the motto, books before boxing. Right. So that, that I mean, and, you know, it's it's in Detroit. You saw a need growing up because, I mean, there's a, there's a cool story about you. Like in 11th grade, you got like a B and you were like, man. I didn't even do anything for this B. Like, what, 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 why, why, why did I get a B? Yeah, right? I asked the teacher. I said, "Man, like, is this right?" He's like, "Yeah, it's right." I said, "Um, You're it like, can't be right." And he was like, uh, "Well, all the other teachers must be wrong too." So I went to the other teacher, and she's like, "Yeah, you got a B." I was like, "I don't even know you, lady. Yeah. I never, I never even did a paper in your class." They were just pushing you through. the Yeah, system, they were pushing right? me through. At that point, they just wanted to get rid of me. Yeah, you know? man. I mean, that's that's, that's kind of how the school. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a wild, wild, wild situation. A lot of, you know, kids at that age are looking for direction. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe this wholeheartedly. It's not even kids though. It's our age. You're looking for direction. Everybody wants Everyone direction. needs a yeah. coach. Yeah. 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 So, but, but I think about it, no matter how good of a parent I am, it also comes down to the peer group that my kids are around. Right. And who are they around? Who are influencing them? Right. And growing up, you, I mean, your story is you didn't really have a lot of great influences, right? No, I, I came from a real rough background. I was in a real rough neighborhood and, um, you know, they, they were welcoming me in every chance they got, man. You know, you can come out here and hang out with us and, you know. Be one of us, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I took them up on the offer one day and it was the worst mistake I ever made in my life. It took me 20 years to recover from it. And I see a lot of kids going through the same pro- the same thing that I was going through. You know what I mean? You got a lot of guys who surrounded by peer pressure, bad influences. And, you know, and once they take that step, sometimes you don't make it back. You end up in a federal penitentiary or something like that, riding away for 150 years. Or you either get go to that county morgue over there. Yeah. And, you know, you ain't no coming back from that at all. Yeah, man. I mean, you got shot at. I got shot. You got shot. <laughs> I got shot twice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's been shot at, been shot at multiple times. And, um, 
You know, it was just a horrible experience growing up. That's no kids should go through that. You know, they talk about PTSD and all that type of stuff. A lot of our kids are suffering from it, too. Yeah, bro. Here's the thing, because you were looking for that, like, like crew. You're looking for, like, family. You're looking for, like, like leadership, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so for me, it was like uh, I didn't have any positive role models around. And so, uh, you know, I really didn't have that family, that family bond that everybody else had because my mother and father gave me away when I was a kid. I was like six weeks old. So, yeah. you know, I was raised in a house full of people that I wasn't related to. That's wild. So I was trying to, trying to build a family and I just, you know, the gangs were out there and the gangs were talking about family. They, they preached the, they, they were preaching family, but you know, at the end of the day, it's not really a family. It's just a lot of nonsense. You waste your life. Yeah. Yeah. You get yeah. sucked in the wrong thing. It's, it's crazy too. Cause I mean, what years were these that you were, you were growing up like 11th, like in that, what, what year? What? Man, it was, it was a long time until my older brother just came to me. He's like, man, you do know the rest of the world don't live like this, right? You are, are you, are you, you aware of that? Right. And I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't know. And you didn't so, know anything. Yeah. No, he showed me, he showed me a picture of all my friends. He's like, man, these guys are all dead or in jail, man. He, he just started pointing them out, naming them. He's like, look at these guys. Don't be the next guy on this picture that's dead or in jail. Yeah. So then I made a life change. You know, I, I went back to school and I changed my life and never looked back. Yeah, a lot of people hear about the resurgence of Detroit. Like, there's a lot of positive, like, like uh, stuff, but, but people don't realize, like, if you go down the street that I was that I grew up in, it was like seven in Havana, right by the the, the state fairgrounds. I mean, my house is gone. There's like one house on that street. You know, what I mean, it's still like that. I mean, the, the the neighborhoods haven't really gotten the benefit as much yet of what's going on in Detroit, and the city services are the ones that really are are, are need to catch up. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a process. It didn't happen overnight. It's not going to fix itself overnight. Right. These problems took a long time to build, and it's going to take a long time to fix. So, I mean, a start a start anywhere is a good start. It's a mm-hmm. start. Yeah, man. And what I think, and, and Sal, I think we can, uh, people in our industry, I mean, like, what we can assimilate to is the adversity. And, like, for you, man, it must have been like, okay, I wanna, I'm going to do this, right? Right. Well, then how do I do it? No, it wasn't how do I do it. It's just that, you know, I've, I've been – so when you come from the bottom and you don't have anything, yeah, you're not scared of anything. You know what I mean? You've already been in the bottom. It's you've true. been to the bottom. You've been on right. your back. You've been on your knees. You've been down. So for me, it's everything is up. So if I make a, if I make an attempt to do something and I fail, I just keep I keep going because I've seen worse. Yeah. Usually, I feel like the people who do best with the change are the ones who have nothing to lose, right? Right. It's like, hey, what are you scared of? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. you, you, for me, it's like I'm already in the fight. What am I scared of? Right. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I've already taken the blows. I've been hit. You know, I've been hit a couple of times. You know what I mean? So I'm going to keep going. That's wild, mm-hmm. bro. I mean, that, that's, I mean, a lot, a lot I, mean, I mean, a lot of people cannot actually relate with that because nobody's ever been shot at. Nobody's been li- living through that. And, but that, that probably made you who you are, really, if you think about it, right? All yeah. that was like necessary part of the process. Yeah. A lot of guys ask me, like, oh, if you could change anything, you know, what would you change? Nothing. Because if I changed anything, I wouldn't be who I am today. You know what I mean? So like you like you the strongest still been through the hottest fire. Yeah. The strongest still been through the hottest fire. It's just simple as that. You know what I mean? So I have a I have a Rolodex that I can look back on. So if I if I face something today and it seems like it's tough, I look back at my Rolodex and say, okay, no, nah, it's not that tough. <laughs> I've been through worse. Let's keep yeah. it moving. <laughs> yeah, right. So Brian, I know you got involved. I, I I know that when last time you were here, you brought this this whole program up, and you're like, I feel really strongly about this. How did you get involved, Cali, in the whole thing? I got lucky. Uh, I got lucky. I, I we have uh, at at Flagstar one of our uh, board directors was connected with a, a current board member of the gym and and uh I had been looking for an opportunity to uh to to you know join a board and, and my passion is is kids and, and yeah. athletics and education and I I went down for a visit and no, knew nothing about what was going on down there and 
I'd say I was 20 minutes into my visit, and I was like, all right, how do I sign up? You're like, well, no, you can't sign up. They, you got to gotta go through an interview. They got to select you. Pick I'm, you like, I'm like, how do I get selected? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, the energy, the passion. Once you walk in that place and, and see the smiles, right? I'm looking across and seeing Kali smile, but you see it on every kid's face in there, and it's just so energizing. And uh, I'm, I'm taking my sales team next week. We're going to go down and do a visit. I'm looking forward to their you know, having those folks get energized and, and motivated because, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the, the programs and how it helps kids. But there's there's things that you can connect from the gym and from the things that happen in the gym in business and in life. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. Looking forward to and having my team get to experience that. That's pretty sweet. I think it's easy to lose sight of something real when you sit in a cubicle or you're right. at a desk yeah. and you're like. Forget the reality trying of the to world. Get, you know, jacked up about right. talking to someone, you're like uh, going through the motions, but then you see something real, right? Something that Connects uh, can inspire you, you yeah. and, and kind of pull that back. Same thing when things go bad, right? Like you said, it's like, all right, like this is tough, man. This guy might not close today. It's like, he's not going to die. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be all right. Like yeah. we'll close tomorrow and you'll still get your house. So yeah. It's kind of like you got to take a step back and realize, you know, what's important. We got to get out of our box sometimes and look at the perspective of the world sometimes and doing things like that and, and is important. And uh, I commend you for being part of it. So what is your role? I'm just curious. I'm, I'm on the board of directors. So, okay. um, you know, we, we meet uh, monthly and, and kind of help uh, mentor and, 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 and kind of guide the, the folks that run the gym and, I, I view my primary role as just building awareness and 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 trying to raise money. So that's awesome. Yeah, whoever's uh, listening and watching, go to my Facebook page. I got a little fundraiser going. Yeah. Feel free to jump on and uh, donate. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, it's a, oh, go ahead. Who was saying something? Uh, do you guys do you guys have a waiting list of, of kids to to get into the program right now? Yeah, <laughs> about nine hundred. Wow. 900. So it definitely. I mean, it wasn't always like that. How did you when you first started out? How did you find kids that? I don't think it probably was that hard. I mean, no, it wasn't hard at all. So. I started out with two kids. I was working with those two kids and then people saw the results. You know, they saw the change in school because I'm telling guys like, you know, you know, you're not going to like most likely you're not going to become a professional fighter. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you want to do in life? Right. And so like they say, you can find out more about a person in an hour play than a lifetime of questioning. So what I would do is use the hour of play to find out what it was really going on in their mind and what was really going on in their hearts and what, what did they really do? What did they see themselves? Where, you know, what what are your goals? It opened I, them up. Yeah, and so you got yeah. kids right now who, if you ask them right now, what do you want? What do you see yourself in five years? They don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, I used that that hour of play to talk to them about you know that, you know about life. And so what happened was, they started seeing a change in these kids. And so people were like, hey, I want to send my kid over there. And then next thing you know, I had like seventy kids. I'm like, wow, I'm dealing with seventy kids. I'm just one guy. Yeah. So then I started trying to enlist the parents, and the parents jumped on board. And when the parents jumped on board, it just started going crazy. Yeah. You know, because you know you got one now you parent. got an organization. Yeah, now you got yeah. one parent talking to another parent, talking yeah. to another parent with the kids. Now teachers are calling me. Yeah, man. So it was it was kind of cool. I it's mean, awesome. it's so effective using a sport. A, that, like you said, like that's a great analogy. Like you, that opens the door to their mind, right? You have the opportunity to really get to know these kids, and you build trust and, and faith in you. And, they, and that's that that is the way to lead people in any in any organization. You cannot lead people unless the, the, you earn their respect. You can't you can't demand people's respect, right? You absolutely have to earn it. Yeah. Right. It, being real with them too, like, hey man, like maybe one out of fifty thousand people have a shot of going somewhere with with fighting, right? Yeah, I always like, t- I always, I always tell the guys, man, you know, education is plan A. That's it. Yeah. Education is plan A. I don't tell you about some plan B. That's too much thinking. Yeah. Education is plan A. You got one thing. Focus on that. 
Yeah, I want to talk about that because, look, you are a boxing gym and, and all that stuff's great. But I think that is just a tool to be used to get these kids in the right spot, right? So talk to me about the educational part. I mean, you guys do provide a lot of services oh, yeah, on the education yeah. side. So we have reading intervention classes where, you know, we work with different uh, programs and stuff to help them with their reading. Uh, because a lot of guys are – you could be an honor student. And when we have these guys individually tested, you know, you'll find out that they're, you know, they're behind a little bit. Yeah. And so we through the through the uh, reading intervention, now these guys are reading at sophomore college level already. Yeah. And that's a big change. So that that's more chance of them being successful in college, not just going to college and then coming right back. Because a lot of guys go to college, but they come right back because what you find out is that if you Detroit, if you come from a Detroit public school or any inner city school, you are going to graduate with an eighth grade education at best. Mm-hmm. If you come from any surrounding suburb, you are going to graduate with a college education. A first year college education. You're gonna to go to college. You're gonna you're gonna thrive. And you're gonna be successful. When you come from Detroit or any inner city, you're gonna come with that eighth grade education, and you're not gonna make it. You're gonna have a bill, and you're gonna come back home. So we push our kids to the highest level, the highest degree. We we don't cut no corners. We don't we don't try to water it down. We just give them the hardest stuff, and we give them the foundation to go with it too. Mm-hmm. So we got the reading intervention. You know how you gonna do some work if you can't read? You can't even do your math if you can't read. Can't, if yeah. you're not reading at that level. So we make sure reading intervention is important. Math intervention is important. We do math. We go back to the basics. We start at the basics and we work it organically back up to you up at grade level or beyond. Right. And so we got like a lot of steam. We got a steam lab. We got computer stuff going on. They work on computer programming all the time. They do it. They make, they write their own codes now. What? <laughs> yeah, you got guys writing their own codes. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. I can't even. I we can't. got we got we got, we got about four kids that do code right now already. That's sick. Yeah. That's really really sick. Music. We even got music theory classes. So music theory. Yeah, they, that's they a whole different. On. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So these are all actual like skill sets that 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 like propel them. So you've been doing it for thirteen years. You got to have some success stories of kids that went through your program. Now that are coming back and being like, man, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, right? Oh yeah, of course. That's got to be the best part. Yeah, and they come, they come back <laughs> all the time bragging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they be like, man, I made it, man, coach. And they be like, man, listen to this guy. Yeah, like, no, listen to that guy. Yeah, right. Don't even listen to me no more. Listen to him. Yeah, if I knew how to code in high school. Right? Oh, <laughs> like, man, I would probably save so much money in college classes that were just <laughs> like no direction. I mean, coding is just like the. Few, I mean, I don't know how to do it, but it's like that's where everything's going, right? I mean, the kids' games now they got like code games, like they, they learn yeah. how to code it. Like, baby, it's it's pretty <clears throat> wild the yeah. whole coding thing. So you just uh, so so you started this thing in Detroit, and all of a sudden it started blowing up, and now like. All of a sudden, you're getting a lot of attention, right? CNN did a thing on you for the hero thing, right? Now, and you just got back from overseas, where now they're looking at your program and saying, "Well, how can we use this in our in our areas?" Right? Is I talk to me about that trip that you just had because it sounds like it was pretty interesting. It was a it was a trip where we just was um, exchanging information with different organizations that, and we just basically checking out their organization, talking to them about our organizations. Some we just exchanging ideas and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. Um, do they have the same challenges overseas? You know what? Where I, is overseas? Um, Germany. Germany. S- Spain. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they had the same exact problems. Right. But um, uh, still neighborhood thing. You know what I mean? It's like they, they it's kind of hard to explain because. Ours they, is more they, systematic. And, and no, <laughs> over there, over there, they have a lot of support from the city, the government. A lot the of the state. state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like. They don't pay like fees for their gyms. Like, you know, if, if they do pay a fee, it's like $5. It's like state run. Yeah, yeah it's like state run. Everything yeah. is state run yeah. over there. Yeah. And everybody participates in it. And it's also in the schools. So it's not like it's taken out of the schools. It's actually in the schools. It's like 
and they even have the coaches to go there and help at the schools. Yeah, the coaches that are that you see on a in a <clears throat> after school program, you might see that same coach at the school. He's he's that connected to that organization. Their whole neighborhoods are their whole blocks. Everybody is connected. Our, our school system's pretty wild. My wife actually works for Wayne Reza. Like she goes down to the inner city. She, she's at like Malcolm X today. Like she she helps teachers yeah, like figure yeah. out how to like. Uh, uh, be better teachers, but like what what I think is crazy about our, our school system. I think it's kind of broken. And I tell my wife, her her profession is just it's very crazy. broken, super broken because like the funding isn't equal across the board. You know what I mean? It, that is just not like like so like like let's say in Canada, my wife's Canadian. Like all schools get the same funding. Yeah, it don't matter where you where where it's at. Doesn't matter like what it is. They all get the same funding. But in in the states, it's so backwards where. You know, like if you go to a Birmingham school, they have way more funding <laughs> than an inner city Detroit school. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the things that she tells me that she's dealing with in the inner city right now, I mean, it's pretty wild. The schools are really, really bad right now. And I, yeah. I, don't, want, I don't want to disparage the school system. Everybody's trying really hard. Don't get me wrong. Like they're all doing whatever they can with what they got, but they don't have that much to well, work look with. Look at the, the property taxes. You they're high though, bro. They're paying a lot of property taxes in Detroit. They're not so, cheap. Of so the I, tax base that pays it. So I, I, can, right? I, can, give right. you, I can give you an example. I um. Uh, my son, he was having trouble in Detroit public schools. He was having, you know, he was having a problem for a minute. And, um, so I took him and took him to a school in uh, West Utica. Yeah. That's where I, I went him, to school. Yeah. I took yeah. him to school in West Utica. This is supposed to be like the hardest school in the district or whatever. And, uh, my son went there and his next card marking, he had straight B's, not, not straight B's, but close to it. Yeah. And then the next card marking, he had a, just a, 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 he was like an honor student. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, what happened? So I asked him, I said, son, like, how did you make this miraculous change from a, a straight F student to an honor student in, in a couple card markers? How did that happen? Yeah. He said, dad, he was with excitement in his, in his eyes and in his voice. He's like, dad, they got everything there. They got this. They have that. You know, saying. they have computers. They have laptops. They have a person. He said, man, I like going to school here. He's like, I like it. That's you know, a big difference, man. He said it was just the whole environment. The vibe was totally different. He was like, and if he said, if he said, when I couldn't keep up right here, it was a lady in the back of the class. She helped me when I couldn't keep up. And then when I couldn't keep up over here, it was a lady I met in the hallway and she helped me. They they they, they set it up for me to, to succeed. Yeah. This it's a totally I, different world. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't have that in Detroit? He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, man, where are you going back, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because we can't afford to rent out here. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like, it's it's so screwed up in my opinion because it's like, and it's not the teacher's fault. It's not administrative. There's just not the funding. They don't have the resources. And even the look, my my wife was even a teacher in like Wild Lake. They didn't even have the resources that they needed. Right. The funding for our schools, especially in Michigan, I, I just think it's crazy. And that's why I think your program obviously it fills a really big void. But ultimately, it's a, it's a little bit of a failure on us as a society not a making a focus, <laughs> right, of our school systems. But that's what I said about it's systematic here, not 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 overseas, because it it's systematically it's systematic oppression, right? So like inner city schools, people are usually forced to live there. They're lower incomes. There there's more people there that are in that lower. Um, economic status but there's still but all those people still want to have good schools and good yes, families and but stuff, they right? don't right so the system pushes them down so they get less funding which inhibits their success right 100 yeah and then it just it replicates that cycle where the the rare case that does make it out they don't want to send their kids back there because they know that they have a higher likelihood of success going somewhere else like birmingham mm-hmm. so the successful students go to places like birmingham and they get more and more funding 
and places like Detroit where they really need it get less and less and less yeah, because the system why, just keeps repeating that, itself. That's why the system's broken, man. It's so, broken. What, so I mean, we're not going to fix that today. What I, what I was saying, what I was saying about overseas was like what he's like, like you said in Canada, like all those gyms were like funded, like they were funded by the state. And, yeah, yeah, they were funded, and I'm like, if one kid made it, the whole neighborhood made it. And then right. if he made it to a college level team, what they call university over there, yep. you know, they whole neighborhood. If you look, they all wear the same jerseys. It's like the whole community is on one team. Yeah. And so here is if like if you make it here, it's like, man, I struggle on my own. I'm yeah. here on my own. So yeah. you get that one mentality of my own. Just and so, me, yeah, me so now real. so now you might get a guy who becomes a, a celebrity, <clears throat> a celebrity athlete. <clears throat> A celebrity athlete, and he may not necessarily go back to the community. No, he's out but, almost but, never. Yeah, but <laughs> o- but over there, like these guys are like it, with the people running around with the people. You know what I mean? They, and yeah. like it's like the whole team is professional now. The whole neighborhood is a professional. Yeah, they wear them on the back, right? They're yeah, like, they're they're like proud of that. Yeah, I, I, I never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah, cause, yeah, it's 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 the different mentality. Just like you said, in he, in our in our world, someone gets out, they're out. They're like I made it. I'm out. I'm not going back. I'm not. There's I, there's nothing for me there, right? They just see like whatever it is. But um, yeah, we're not actually going to fix our school <laughs> systems on this show. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, I, but everybody's trying, man. It, it and it, it is a lot of stuff like this, like programs like this, that is, are necessary to fill that void, especially in these kids' lives, man. These kids. D- want direction they they need leadership and and it's a it's a big step so talk to me about the business side of it so like obviously you've had adversity going through this right it wasn't like the last 13 years weren't just like peachy right <laughs> you know what i mean like it wasn't just easy the whole time right it's probably hard so, right now so i went from making 30 dollars an hour at my job to me for a guy with no education to make 30 dollars an hour i mean that's top of the world that's top of the food chain in my mind for sure you know what i mean i went from from you no know, from nothing to that Cause I, I left, I left the streets and I just cold turkey left the streets, went and got a job, went back to school. So that mean I was cleaning toilets. I went from cleaning toilets to working construction. I went from working construction to having construction and a security guard job. So I was making a, a decent living and I just quit cold turkey. All of it. I just quit cold turkey again and I started this youth program. So I thought I had enough money saved and I thought people would jump on board, right? You know, immediately right. they would see the work that I was doing. People would jump on board. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Right. And so in the process of that, of that, I ended up homeless. So I ended up homeless for about two years. I was living in my car. I went from 218 solid muscle down to uh, about 140, 150 pounds maybe. Uh, I was skinny as heck, you know. What year was this? <laughs> I can't remember. It was, it, a, it was, it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah so, uh, you know, and uh, one, of, one of the parents, you know, uh, i never forget, uh, one of the parents, uh, uh, his him and his wife, uh, Coach Monty King and his uh, his wife, uh, Trina King, they were like, come to my house. <laughs> Went over there and they fed me some food and stuff, you know, and then they would bring me food. And a couple parents, they used to just bring me food and stuff. And um, and during this time, you were still running the gym? Still running the gym, yeah. Any dime that I would get, I would put into the gym. We were running the gym off a generator, you know, because the, light, the lights and gas had got caught off, so we put a generator well, I did. I put a generator. <laughs> in the, I should have. I put a generator behind the building and ran some wires through there. And I was hoping nobody knew it, but they knew that it, it wasn't working like that. And some of the kids were like, "Coach, I saw you sleeping in a car outside. I wow, saw you sleeping." You know, and so I started trying to hide my car, and then uh, the car got stolen because I because I had to leave it because it didn't have gas, and so somebody stole it. Stole your car? Yeah. So, so at that time, which was your house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was, with all my, it had all my clothes in it. So then I started living inside the gym. What? So the gym with no heat in it, so it used to be freezing. It was crazy, but um, but that's how passionate you were. Yeah, I mean, you know, once you're on a once you're on a mission, you figure out what you what you know, like what what's your path and what's your love. 
So I, I say, you know, a man without purpose is a man that's lost because at one point in time, I didn't have a purpose in life. And when I started working with these kids and I started seeing them be successful, and I started seeing them graduate from school on time and I started seeing all that type of stuff. And I'm like, man, I love this. I just I couldn't get enough of it. I'm like, man, I need to be here every day, no matter what it takes. I'm like, I wasted 20 years of my life, man. I don't want to see another kid go down that path that I went down. So I committed myself wholeheartedly to it. And that's what that's what happened. I just did it. You know what's wild about that is you weren't doing it for notoriety. Everything about it is yeah, wild. it's all that's wild, man. It's crazy. But like you weren't doing it for notoriety. You weren't doing it like to be the man. You were literally like because a lot of what we do sometimes is ego. You know what I'm saying? Like we want to be successful because we want to, you know, we want to, you know, impress my wife or my kids, right? Whatever, whatever it is, right? A lot of it's like we want it's ego, but but this is like devoid of all ego. You were just literally doing it because this is your passion. I mean, that's the only way to do it. So when, before we hire anybody, we it's a process. I got, you know, there's no corporate ladder to climb here. You, I'm at the top. Of the, I'm at the top of the ladder. There's no corporate ladder. You're not climbing the corporate ladder. So why are you here? Yeah. Because if you get a child to open up to you and then this is a passing phase and you go, that kid may not o- open up to anybody else ever again. Because there's kids that I can't reach. I could tell them my story all day long, but they don't relate to it. Yeah. But there might be a person that walked through that door that's a volunteer that can change that child's life. And so if you change a kid's life, and then you up tomorrow, like, oh, you know, this big opportunity and I'm gone. Then that kid shuts back down. Next you know, because I've seen it happen. I've seen kids who open up to somebody and, and that person just disappear. And I've seen that kid spiral out of control. Right. You know, that's a heartbreaking thing for me. I, I can't I can't see it, you know, because I, I, I know what that leads to. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it happen a thousand times. So a lot, there's a lot of people listening right now that probably have teams and lead people like Tell me some of the challenges you have, you know, because you are a leader. Ultimately, people look at you as a leader, like you're their, you're their, uh, you're their mentor, or whatever maybe. And you know, everybody's got the same challenges communicating or trying to get their message across to people. So, what do you do to kind of, kind of get that message through them? Because a lot of people sometimes don't listen until you, until you get to them somehow. You talking about the message about just, just, just like, like. In general, right? Like, okay, you got your group, right? Everybody's there. But then you might have, like, some people on the side, like, man, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, oh. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, man, you know what? You know, I'm just going to do this, right? So so for me, for me, I just give my testimony. I I give my testimony. I give it to you as raw as possible. You know what I mean? I try not to hold nothing back. There's, like, I have no, um, I don't have that ego type thing. I don't have it. You know what I mean? So people say, like, you know, why would you tell somebody that you couldn't read or write? Because... Like, I would never tell nobody that I couldn't read or write. I say, well, you the type of guy that would see a guy about to fall in a hole and not stop him. Yeah. See, I see a lot of guys going down the same hole that I went down. So why why would I hold that inside and not tell you, listen, man, I've been down that road. I couldn't read the menu. You understand? I couldn't read a job application. I couldn't do any of that type of stuff, man. Don't go down that path. Don't waste your life away. If you need help, ask for it. So I'll give my testimony anywhere I can. And so if I'm talking to a group of people, whatever it may be about, I'm going to tell you from my point of view, the truth, you know, and, and, and my struggles with it. And if you accept it, you accept it. If you don't, you don't. It's somebody else in the room that might be in, encouraged to step up and say what's on their heart or what's on their mind, and they might inspire you. So through, by me being <clears throat> honest and he being honest or him being honest, somebody might inspire you. It might not always just be me. Mm-hmm. It just might be somebody in the room. Just create that culture of being honest. Yeah. I think that a lot of people, whether it's personal or in business or I know what in our business for sure, you know, it's – People are intimidated by the person they should be asking advice for, right? And maybe that that leader isn't a true leader by the way that they're, you know, carrying themselves or whatever. But people who don't ask for help are going to fail, right? A, a good leader sometimes know when to be quiet. 
Mm. Sometimes a good leader knows when it's time to be quiet and just listen to your team. <clears throat> so I would I would just ask the guy, hey, what would you do in this situation? Because if he's not stepping up or saying anything, that, that he might have a bunch of he might have a bunch of stuff that might be the key to the to the problem. But it just it might be something simple as asking, hey, hey, let me, hey, Tom, what would you do in this situation? I'm curious. And if he start opening his mouth and start talking, man, a, a wealth of information might come out of his mouth. Giving him a voice. Just giving him yeah. a voice. Just yeah. giving him an opportunity to speak, not, not being always at the forefront talking. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't. don't know all the answers because I know I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's smart because honestly, like the spinning rhetoric sometimes you, when you start talking to people, that you got you got to have like involvement, yeah. right? Yeah. You got to all be working together. What like, Callie? What what's like your your goal, right? Like you're, you've gotten to a point now where you're getting recognition. The the gym is is doing fairly well, right? I mean, there's obviously we'll talk some more about like what what the gym needs, but like what is your ultimate goal? Is it just continue on this path and, and, and create what create and keep creating, or do you have an ultimate goal of, of something you want to accomplish? Um, global. Yeah, <laughs> you you want to go? Glo- yeah, right. I want to go global. You know, um, like right now, like our gym is like uh, it's a mixture of people. You know, um, all different races, all different ages, families coming together. We creating a culture of a, a, a acceptance, and you know, you know, everybody listening to each other. We we exchanging ideas, and it's like. I always call the gym like the United Nations. You know, it's like so many different people there. and We just exchanging ideas. I mean, we even listen to the little kids. You know what I mean? Everybody has a voice in there. And I would love to see that spread where we just sit down and talk. Even if we don't agree, let's just sit down and talk. So my thing is like education is at the forefront for me. You know, educating our community, educating the people and, and getting everybody back to knowing that it's a community. Like they said, you know, you were on CNN Heroes. A hero is if he could do it by himself. I'm not a hero. Even if I would have won the thing, I'm not a hero because it took our whole community to get to that point that you even recognized us. And I've recognized every single person who contributed. And I and I I mean, you know, I really you know thank them from the bottom of my heart because I couldn't have did it by myself. I said I tried that by myself and I was homeless. I ended up homeless trying it by myself. But when I opened my heart and, and, and opened my mind, opened that space for other people to come in, it was a you know, it was a it was a wonderful thing. People from the city, the suburbs, you know, from from you know people who just had five bucks to donate to to the process, you know what I'm saying, and that's that's I want to continue that right there, you know, just getting everybody involved and understanding that we one human race, that's it, we one people, we got we one community. It's not fifty other communities, we all one community. So yeah. I just want to see that build and grow. That's awesome. And Brian, I mean, I know you're you're working hard. I you know obviously I've seen your 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 Facebook where you're trying to cl- uh, raise money. How's the how's the financing for the whole thing? How's that going? Uh, you know what I mean? Like how. Obviously, a, a cause like this needs a, a, to, because realistically, it's it costs money to do this. It's sure. not free, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, this stuff is not free. Like, like you got to really do this well. We want to have funding for it. So, talk to me about that side of it. I mean, it's basically it's two thousand bucks a year to put a kid through the program, right? And per kid, and that's probably light per kid, you know, per right. kid. Um, and and Callie said it. We've got nine hundred kids in line wanting help, right? Wanting to come in, and so you know, it's. There's been some success raising money, some corporate money, some grant money. There's there's some infrastructure going on to to kind of help the the building, um, but it takes everybody. I mean, you know, I, I'm hoping that folks that are listening and watching today are inspired to go, you know, go go check out the website, check out some of the stories. You can see videos of the kids, and and again, just you know, five dollars, right? Five dollars across the community helps and and. If we can get one more kid off that waiting list in the gym, that's that's a win for us. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> that they don't need to give a thousand dollars, or they don't need to give. I mean, you give five bucks and you get a thousand people that gives five bucks. That that's way stronger than one person giving a thousand, right? Because right? now you get people involved, 
and getting spreading the message too. Well, it's easy, you know. Like you said, you have to spread the message. So you talk, you you give five bucks. Hey, man, you got five bucks that you can give to this, as opposed to like, all right, I'm gonna give five hundred and just keep my mouth shut, right? That's kind of yeah. I'm, my little Facebook group, you know, we've got a hundred or so people that have donated, but I ask them now share. There's that little button there, yeah. hit, hit share, and 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 kind of tell why you're inspired, why you were inspired to give twenty bucks or twenty five bucks or two hundred fifty bucks, whatever it was. Well, some you know, it's crazy that you know someone will post something online for a GoFundMe that gets thousands of dollars <laughs> overnight. Right? It's like, for some <laughs> stupid stuff, man. It's yeah. Like, it's so like, and so need, you know, I need a, a supercharger for my car. I mean, it's, it's going to cost three grand, right? And they'll, all of a sudden, that's it, on the internet. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> crazy. That's super. Go fund me. Well, it will brings out the best and the worst. Oh, yeah. Help me divorce my husband. <laughs> yeah. Like people pay like like crazy stuff, bro. Like, but, but I'm not online much. But no, yeah, man. <laughs> stay away from that. Stay away from that, man. So I mean, in the world that we live in, that's like I believe there's we live in a world of abundance, right? It's we have so much. And then there's still so much need on the other side of it that we forget that, like, you know, we have an abundance. Uh, some like if you have an abundance of anything, you should give back on some level, right? Even if it's your time, right? If you have no, even if it's like like uh, spreading the message, you don't necessarily have. If, even if you don't have a dollar, if you spread the message, that's as strong, right? Yeah, I'm I'm all, I'm all about like if you were if you were professional. If you come down and talk to kids and get them interested in, in, in your profession, I mean, I, that can go a long way. Yeah. You know, like we, our kids did mock trials at the federal courthouse. You know, I got kids now that's that want to be, awesome. I, I got, got kids now that want to be lawyers. Like, you know, and it opened up their mind yeah. in that, yeah. that aspect, yeah. right? To, and to me, like we talk about how valuable our time is all the time, right? Time is the most valuable thing that you can give. So like, yeah, if you, maybe you can't give your time up because you're super, super busy, but donate some money. But, if you are really touched by this, give some money, but also go above and beyond. Give your time because that's the most valuable thing that you can give up. I think about all the money that people give for different – I mean a lot of people give, right, to different – and then it's always like, well, where do I put my money, right? right. I, I find it hard-pressed to w- want to give to something – I mean you should give always, but like something that's actually in your backyard that's making a real difference in your community or near your community, even if you're from the suburb, whatever it is. This is something that's happened in our backyard that we should – like rally behind because ultimately like in my mind like you should have a bunch of these right it shouldn't just be one jim right you might maybe you you, you get one in cleveland right i mean you have thoughts about going to different states yeah i said global yeah i mean well yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i get talking it. About states. i know you, i know you're talking states right? you're talking global man all right i want right. to be on i want to be on the moon next. all right <laughs> well, well go back 2025 i want to go too and it, Mars. it is crazy because you know each individual has their story and you never know by some kid who started in this program right instead of spiraling out of control becomes a doctor and cures some crazy disease one day right. or you know yeah. someone engineers a place i'm gonna tell you right now the wealthiest place on the wealthiest place on earth is a cemetery that's where all your ideas are the, the cure to cancer wow. is probably in a cemetery that's a pretty wild idea yeah it is that's the wealthiest place on earth that's wild Just, i mean i mean yeah dude it's 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 wild um so we do this thing Kali, we do uh, three questions uh, every. So we just ask random questions. Uh, so we're gonna. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna ask you three random questions. They're they're, they're two um, random questions. Well, one's always the same. The first one's always the same. The first one is always, what scares you? What scares Kali Sweeney? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So talk to me about that. How 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 do you? This is the with first that? time anyone's nobody's ever, ever said, said that. that. But so like so, walk me through why you have no fear. Like I said earlier, you know, I've been through a lot in my life. I've been shot at, you know what I'm saying? I've been shot. I've seen a lot of horrible things, but 
you know, to all of that is like, you know, coming from where I come from, that's, you know, that's um, something that you see on a regular basis, being shot, people, all that type of stuff dying. But Which is wild. Which is wild. But the hardest thing in the world for me, and I finally conquered it, was to tell people that I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my only fear. Was I wasn't it. scared of death. I was waiting to get shot. The the the, the neighborhood they, they was telling me since I was a kid I was gonna be dead in jail before I was twenty one. So I started doing I started lifting weights. I started doing push ups. I started doing everything. Saying what's taking so long for me to go to jail? Then I started saying what's taking so long for me to get shot? Then when I finally got shot, I was like, okay, I, all right, I got that accomplished. What's taking so long for me to go to jail now? Wow. You know what I'm saying? So that that never came either. So I'm like, okay, forget it. You know what I mean? So what was my greatest fear? My greatest fear was not not being able to read. And I was holding that big secret in my in my heart so long. So once I got over that, I was like, man, nothing scares me at this point. I've been homeless, man. What scares me at this point? Right. So I thought, listening to your story, I thought you were for sure going to say letting a kid down would be your fear. I'm not going to let a kid down. I'm going to keep pushing. Failure is not an option for me. Yeah, I like so. it. That's awesome. So, all right, next question would be um, 50 years from now, uh, Kali Sweeney's gone, but the, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, like, who do you want? Like, when someone says your name and, and, and when you're gone, what, what do you want them to think about when they think about you? That I did my best. That's it. That I did my best. That's not bad. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty good answer, actually. Did it, he did his best, right? All right, last that's one. All you can ask someone, really. Yeah, you know, do your, do best, your best, bro. Yeah. Uh, last question. And we've asked this before, but I think it'll be, if you could be one animal in the animal kingdom what would it be and why <laughs> <laughs> i was hoping you'd go with this one yeah, yeah, yeah. i was really curious yeah <clears throat> come on bro you gotta have something i mean I anything know. at all i mean it could be an elephant <laughs> alpaca <laughs> a penguin oh with a man what, what, where'd you get this question <laughs> i'm telling you it's random the computer got it i don't know bro it just came out of thin air uh let me think man i don't know i mean one animal one animal yeah okay. you could be one animal in the animal kingdom, you could be like a like a fish, a gopher. You could be like a gopher, bro. Why would I be a gopher? I don't know. Why, why would he be a gopher? Different strokes for different folks. Is that what you would do? Absolutely not. All right. I don't know, man. I don't. You I, don't even know. I, you just I, like being you. I, yeah, I just like being me. <laughs> All right. He's deferring the question. We've never had this. I like that. I like that too. I think it's his like, answer is human. He's human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes what he's doing. All right. Well, I, I definitely want the audience to know uh, how to get a hold of you guys. How do they can donate? How they can be part of this? What would we got? What are we doing? Oh, we need Robin for this. Oh, Robin, Robin, get in here. So Robin's been just hanging out, taking pictures, like like creeping the whole show. So Robin, tell the audience how, where, uh, what the path is to to be part of a part of this or donate or any any of that. Well, the first place to go is downtownboxinggym.org. That's our website, and there's a spot on there where you can donate. Um, there's a place to click to uh, apply to be a volunteer. And lots of just great stories, information, and things like that. If there's if there's something, what are some of the needs that the gym needs right now? Uh, you know, other than funding, obviously that's numero uno. But what are what are some of the needs? Yeah, it's you. you right? He's pointing. <laughs> he's pointing at you, Rob. I mean, wow, lots of pressure. He's pointing at you. By the way, I haven't had headphones on in quite a while. Yeah, it's been a while. So just so everybody knows, uh, she, it's kind of freaking Robin, me out Rob, to hear my own voice. Robin was a TV personality for a long time. I actually looked her up. It was, it was, it was in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, wow, I hung up my microphone, and now I'm no, hearing my voice in my headphones. This you're is back. kind of freaking me out. Um, the gym has a lot of needs. I mean, obviously the waiting list, wanting to bring in more students in order to do that, you need more staff, Mm -hmm. um, and those types of resources. 
There are needs with the building. Right now, the roof is being repaired. We've had tons of rain. When it, Every time it rains, we're mopping up in there. <laughs> and Kali's So even like if someone out there is a contractor and they're willing to – instead of donating maybe money, they can donate their services, right? Stuff like that. That's always needed. Um, furniture. Furniture. You know, we always have needs for desks and chairs and things like that. Um, right now, we're sort of building out the library area. Yeah. And how big is the space, by the way, guys? How big is the gym? It's twenty seven thousand five hundred square feet. All right. So, so there's some good <laughs> and- nailed it, nailed it, <laughs> nailed it. She's like in forty three, forty three inches. <laughs> Thank God I studied. But um, you know. The thing that I think is cool about the building, it's a former bookbinding factory. Uh-huh. So this is a factory that was dedicated to binding books, and now it's a place where learning is key. Books before boxing. Yeah. That's awesome. Right? And, books um, before, that's, that's, that's kind of poetic. The first time I heard that, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Robin, how did you get involved, just real quick? Uh, well, after 23 years in TV news uh-huh. um, and a, a stint in corporate communications, I started my own PR firm in 2016. Okay. So I do PR and video production for a lot of businesses and nonprofits in Metro Detroit. A wonderful man who is a mentor and a friend to the downtown boxing gym, Stephen uh, Luigi Piazza. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know him well. Unfortunately passed passed away. away. He was a great human. Really good human. I knew him. Best. Yeah, really (laughs) good dude, man. (laughs) We we love him. Yeah, Um, he touched a lot of people's lives, actually. Yeah. I I knew him through my corporate communications work, Uh and he knew that the boxing gym had some storytelling needs, and so he connected me to them. And uh, the rest is history. Right, Cully? The rest is history. <laughs> I, mean, anyway, I got to tell you one funny thing. Yeah, so let's the do it. First time I ever met Kali, like we had never even met face to face. I ran into the boxing gym with a microphone and tried to clip it on his shirt. I was like, here, clip on, clip on this microphone. Cause we're, we're, you know, we're filming something. We're recording something. He was like, who are, who are you? you? Why are you touching me? <laughs> Why are you putting that mic on my shirt? And that's how we met. <laughs> that's awesome. And ever since then, have you been involved? And that's awesome. That's all. I think I feel, Kali, I feel like you do have. A lot of good people around you right now. They're, they're, sure. they're really that. They, you know, that's what it feels like right now. The team, the team that we have, and the supporters that we have, they they're the best in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Like you know, to to step up to the plate, like so many people have, so many different organizations, corporate, just to to the regular guy on the street. I'm just I'm proud to be a Detroiter right now. I'm just I'm loving the whole vibe. Just everybody coming together, breaking down some of those old walls, and just everybody embracing each other, just in in, in a major way. I'm loving it right now. You're feeling a lot of love. Oh, no, I love it. That's I love awesome. it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, Brian, and one more time, what's your Facebook if they want to want to donate? So you can go to uh, Brian View V I E A U X. We got a lot of it's not V I E W. You're gonna get a lot of friends. Yeah, a lot of new friends. So we're you know I set a goal to 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 raise fifteen thousand. We're about sixty five percent of the way there, so we got a big push here, and we're gonna hit it and probably go through that. So hit me up on Facebook, and you know you can. Throw a few bucks our way. You know, actually, the last time I was on the show, or the first time, the only time, we ended up uh, Jazz. The, the best time. Jazz, who now <laughs> uh, volunteers, he heard your show, and it was kind of motivated to learn about the gym, and now he volunteers every Monday helping the kids out. So that's, that's awesome. So you can help, you know, if you've got skills to, to help kids from an education mentoring perspective, Always looking for great people to to help us there too. Yeah, guys. In a, in a world, oh, were you going to say? Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. If, if you know how to put up a um, a hockey rink. <laughs> we we just purchased a hockey rink and tennis court, like a multi-use uh, court. So we need somebody to help us put that up. If you know how to do like that. Like the walls? No, I don't. It's the floor. We, 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 we have to level the ground and uh, stuff like that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. All right. So, yeah, so that'd be cool. Guys, anybody that's that'd listening. Cool. I want to play hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try it. 
I can't play high, bro. I, I can't skate like, like do that. So I think a hit. I'm not. I'm not built for that. I'm not built for that. I can't see uh, Paul playing hockey. No, I'm not like a hockey forward, player. I played tennis. Forward, bro. Though. I played tennis. Uh, so guys, obviously, thank you so much. This is you know for a show that we do real estate, we talk about stuff that like you know matters, but it's not as important in, in the grand scheme of things. It's really good to have like a really good story where like. It, gives you a better perspective of, of life. Sure. So I, I appreciate all of you being on the show. I know you're taking time out of your lives and we want to support. So anybody out there that's listening, support this cause. It's a, it's a really good cause. If you need any direction on, on where to go, call me, call the show. Uh, let us know what you want to do. Anybody can help. I mean, every little bit helps, period. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Sal Thank might you. need your Thank PR you. firm uh, services. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jessica, thank you so much for, for, for always being here and helping us out with the show. My pleasure. Yeah, we didn't talk to you much today. Sorry. Nah, that's okay. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 